Welcome to Blight and Boon, the God's Tier podcast that has been described as being barely audible. This is episode 2. In this episode Andrew and Dan play your game and look at followers, as well as the impact of high dodge values on the game. Episode two, Bite and Boon, um, part two, because I forgot to turn the recorder on. <coughs> you missed some quality material there. We apologise. Yeah, we played a game of uh, God Takers now. Um, we tried um, some of the um, changes that I saw suggested at um, BonesCon. Those who want to wear BonesCon is a convention in Birmingham, in England. Walker's trying some things out at the weekend. Because of the, um, the nature of the elf, Lausanne. Um, we tried a few of the um, a few sort of balance buffs, uh, sorry, or debuffs and change, changes. We aren't saying they are they're going to happen for real, but we, we tried them anyway. So what uh, were they? Uh, so we tried um, minus one dodge dice on Lozane and her followers, um, minus one dodge dice on Blackjaw and his followers, and we tried when a champion is taken out, they come back on full health. Now I had three issues with these changes. Um, and they're not issues of the game balance themselves. I think the problem game balance is, is not a bad idea. Um, but issues number one, uh, Rodri's trait of coming back on more health than other people when he dies um, is obviously ignored because everybody comes back on full health, which is a shame. Um, oh, the issue was there. Uh, you had a weird sense of the elves being no more defensive than the human bandits, but that's just one of those things. And then you get Blackjaw's ability of having more actions and less health comes into effect less because, well, he's on more health, more parts of the game. Um, but saying that, I think one of the... If you have everybody coming back on full health, one of the things I found in this game is champions aren't wounded very often. Um, they either get taken out or nothing at all. I don't know if Andrew agrees on that, but... It seemed pretty binary um, in, in many ways, yeah. I think um, we occasionally used some followers to ping a few wounds off, didn't we, here and there? Yeah. It's difficult because when they come back on two health, they seem so fragile that if you get them engaged again, you're going to lose VP straight away. No, I agree. I, don't, I, I think that I think changing how people are knocked out come back is, is probably necessary because you're absolutely right. You take out one character, there's no healing mechanic in the game. That's it. They are just farmed for VP for the rest of the game. Um, and as a game only lasts four to five turns uh, <laughs> and you can lose a guy top of turn two um, something is a bit off there probably needs to change otherwise yeah we also played the game using the real rules well there is that so when a champion was taken out you the person who knocked them out moved them yes <laughs> so, turned out a big deal that <laughs> well a free three, uh, three hex move when you die is a uh... I'm still massively in love with Rafe Madrid um, married even um, 
teleporting around, stamping on flags and planting flags. At one point, I had two whirlpools, but from one end of the zones to the other, the, the, the hexes for scoring were quite spread out and like a line. Yeah, and I had a whirlpool either end of the line, and he could threaten either, either side, which kind of forced your hand to go crazy on him. Mm, which actually brings us to Rangosh. Um, Rangosh, taking Rangosh out, knocking him out. That's one of the one of, yeah one of the penalties, of course, for being taken out is that you you lose an action and you're now, three hexes away and three hexes away. Now he gets a free move and he has range and three hex move. Yeah, so <laughs> or two hex move in the tactics phase. Getting a free move in both phases, I think, is too strong. I think getting a free move in one of those two phases. I mean, you could argue getting a free move would make sense in the strategy phase. Um, well, what we played it, we had four turns. He positioned turn one. Turn two, he walked in, killed somebody, got taken out. Turn three, he walked in, killed somebody, didn't get taken out. Turn four, he killed somebody. Um, they might have got taken out twice. But it was just like, a, well, here's a missile. Bang. Destructural plans to make out somebody. When other people get moved three hexes in the tactics phase, it's a big deal. Um, and it was just rinse and repeat. Uh, so maybe maybe it's too strong. Maybe he is just a binary and maybe there should be tactics in there. Well, maybe you lock out what actions they can perform when they wake up being not out. I don't know. Maybe. We're not, we're not going to the game designers, so... We have no idea. Um, you, you can't even surround him with followers, because he gets BP for killing followers really easily as well. It helped, actually, also, if you remember the rules for Rodri, in terms of his guardian ability, because yeah, yeah, I yeah. managed to one-shot him with Impale. Yeah, you did. Um, Impale seems really strong. But then again, it, the Golem can't move himself when he does it. No. So, if you know, if you start away from the Golem, Shale has to do an activation to move the Golem. And you can move away. Or you can do an activation to move the Golem, the activation to make, the, make, make one attack. Well, that's... But even so... It's that attack's an impale attack, though. Yeah. That, that impale is insane. Yeah, it's very, it's, very, it's, very, it's very strong. The four damage on it, as well as the hit value, it hits, as well as the hit damage is insane. Yeah. He can, he can one-shot a lot of people, I think, in one go. Trivially, I think. Yeah, close to, close to trivially. He one-shot yeah. Rodri on his ultimate turn. Yeah, he did, yeah. Um, and you didn't roll maximum? No, he didn't. It felt pretty good. <laughs> but um, I, I wouldn't... It felt good, but I wouldn't say it's particularly... Fa- it's hard to say that, because... Is it just something you have to learn to tech against? Well, that's it. I think the key thing of these early podcasts is we're saying these things, but actually we don't really know how the game is designed to run. It'd be like so playing early Guild Wars and saying, oh, well, Ox is broken, look what damage you can do. Well, yeah, but well, actually... Well, yeah, but actually, later on you never see him played because yeah, you know, yeah. it's against him. Um, so maybe, yeah, he can kill people really easily, but actually, is, does that win your games? We didn't win you a game. <laughs> that's it, rub it in. <laughs> well, yes. Um, you wanted to talk about followers, didn't I you? I did, actually, yeah. I think I think, I think followers are the most interesting part of this game so far. Because um, if you look at their stat line, they're very wildly different from each other. And some of them can appear to be complete, utter rubbish. Well, if you've got a follower unit like the, um, the uh, Shattered Bows, is that what they're called? Shattered Bows? Yeah, I think so. Um, Human and, Bandit size. Uh, yeah, and basically their difference is, is that they effectively, when they shoot, they have... Always roll, they always roll one dice, but the colour changes. Yeah. So it's yellow to orange to red. And when they do shank, which is a melee attack in the uh, tactics phase, they're rolling one orange at one unit, one red with two, and two orange with three. Yeah. And so the quantity of dodge dice that heroes have, even that followers have, actually, they aren't going to do much. No, not at all. I mean, if you're rolling one dice versus two dodge, you know, chances are you're not going to do anything. And even if you do do something, there's still armour to take out on top of that. So. But? But we, there are... Certainly this game certainly pointed out a couple of other ways to use them. So I think two to three interesting tactics you can use 
with followers who appear weak to start with. So the Shattered Bows, for example, there's five models there. Um, now, Andrew is using Shale and the Lizard Guy, who can't remember his name. Look, Andrew. Wraith, Wraith Madrid. I don't say Real, Real Madrid. Real but... Madrid. Wraith Madrid. Um, so he had loads of bonuses popped up on him. Yeah, Wraith's ability to... Uh, with Real, 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 <laughs> Madrid with Shale is very good because Shale can buff him and then he can choose his buffs. So um, let's say he's buffed with extra dodge dice and extra armour dice. It only takes one Shattered Bowman to shoot him once in the strategy phase to remove both those boons because they're both affected in the first damage roll you take. Um, which leads you to think, so if you've got five of these people acting independently um, in one turn with range three in the strategy phase, they can move two squares, shoot three squares. That could be five physical boons you can take off people. So you can remove the plus one armors, remove the plus one dodges from five separate models or five separate units. Um, which could be an in-person's entire army if they're stacked up that way. Um, Apologies the noise here. I'm looking for the sheets now. Um. <laughs> and I think that's pretty. I think that's a really interesting tactic just by itself, um, and that's really powerful. The other one is there's five of them, and they move okay, and their defense is not bad. Um, one point of armor and two dodge is is quite legit, I think. So if heroes are physically circled. Blocked in, same with followers. Unless they're the orc followers, that's it. They can't move. And if they kill attack to kill your one followers, they're getting one VP and using their activations. And also, followers, if they can't come back uh, from the recruitment action because they're surrounded, because your hero's surrounded, they can return back in the deployment zone. That could be miles away. That could be miles away and completely out of the game for at least a turn or two. So, the idea of surrounding either scoring zones or characters or followers. Um, is a really important, powerful use for the followers with large amounts of followers. So I think stripping off buffs is a huge deal, actually. And cheap and easy to do, because um, it's free. Um, you can't fail to, um, to strip off the buff, is the key thing. Unless we've got the rules wrong again. Unless you've got the rules wrong again. But I don't think we have. But if we have, I don't think they're, they're well written. <laughs> um, so either we're In wrong... face or, game designer. Either we're wrong or they're wrong. <laughs> um... um yeah, I think um, using them in that purpose is quite nice. And also, like, occasional... I think they're going to do no more than a wound here or there on, on a champion. Yeah, I think... Even, even, on, even on another follower, actually. I think um, um, if they're meant to be based upon sort of MOBA-star followers, they almost do it much anyway. Um, but ball control and actually blocking off areas is very powerful. It's very really powerful. So that's why probably why Black Jaw is so handy. It's sort of... Six... Um, his five speed six orcs are, are, are amazing in strategy phase. If, you go, if you're going second... Actually, if you go probably if you go first against the right targets, now they don't work against Lusanne's elves, her elves because they have damage in the strategy phase. But board control blocking off locations is big and clever. Yeah, it really is. I mean, um, I was trying to use the whirlpools a lot as well to um, do their tides and currents. So that's pulling towards and pushing away. Um, but because it's kind of um, away and towards sometimes the hackers don't quite allow that no and the whirlpools um, are very strange because obviously you want them around to teleport but also you don't want them around so you can get armour they're interesting because like early early game you burn the teleport around as I was doing but later on like I didn't want to bring any back because I wanted him to have maximum armour I think again board control with those um, if they're all on the board where 
Wraith Madrid, whatever his name is, can, <laughs> get, Madrid. To, um, can get to is really important. So if you're trying to plant flags in a, in a scoring zone and there's whirlpools all around, it's a real, you know, brain exercise to work out, can I keep these flags alive? Is it worth it? Will he just come and crush them at the end of the turn and win the game? Or win the turn? And that's, you know, just by that sheer mental acuity or action you need to do to work out what you're doing is a use just for themselves. Now, Lusanne's elves, there's no there's no deep discussion about those. They just stand and shoot things and they do it I think well. fairy fire is a very powerful attack to have in the uh, strategy phase because it's just more damage, isn't it? It's just more damage. You come, you come rushing in to try and kill them. They've still got two dodge dice and an armour with these ideal new playtest rules. And if you don't kill them, they verify you off in the strategy phase. <laughs> I still think her, her sort of ability or damage is too high on those two um, because range four is utterly insane in this game. I'm not sure I agree um, yet. I might agree later, after I've played more than two games. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to know whether it's um, just poor tactics. And also, we only have a small pool of heroes, so maybe if you had a pool of many heroes, you'd go, well, you're taking that elf, I will yeah. counterpick with... Yeah. You know. Now, range four is, 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 is very far, but actually, she gets one shot at range four, um, and even when she ultimates... She's not guaranteed to take somebody out. It's not, she's not like Rangosh who will, who will guarantee to take somebody out in the turn. She's pretty good. It's a guarantee. But yeah. uh, I think you've got the entire game about that. The fact she can move a hex after she's done a wound. Yes, I did. Um, which is significant. That's huge. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> um, I was quite happy with Shell this game. Shell managed to hold the centre very well with his golem. Oh, um, so like, you know, I, I, The way I was playing it the weekend at Bonescom was that if the golem dies any spare wounds that would kill the golem pop onto shale. But looking at um, Alex Hall's post on the um, forums, he was saying basically that all damage can go onto your followers. So if you get hit for, say, 10 damage and your follower has one left, it all goes on the follower. Um, and it meant basically that... And also, there's there a lot of targets for you to go on at once and shale was probably quite low priority for you. So he just stood there and sort of held the middle and he buffed uh, Rafe Marie a lot. Well, and, hey, I, I, uh, moved moved around people. And, I can uh, happily tell you my thought process there. Every time I looked at Shale, I thought, "Oh, I'll kill the, the wizard or the druid, whatever he is now." And they get, then they, well, I don't have the two attacks to do it because I need one attack to kill the golem and then one attack to kill him. Him, um, and then when I think, "Well, I killed the golem," but Shale hadn't ever gone, hadn't gone by that stage. So your ultimate was still in the wings. Yeah, because early, early game I bought back I, rather than using my ultimate to bring the golem back on full health I just because he works just as well on one him back and his, his good on one because still basically a huge ability of, ability of hit points yeah, if you're going to use him last in activation and you use Shell last so if you kill the golem well Shell could then bring the golem back and then use the golem to impale you to death as well yep so he was quite powerful wasn't it so it was really hard to, to find the or activation order to take them both out um, Rangosh could do it because he essentially gets three actions to turn well, he does. Get three actions turn. Well, he, he yes, okay. He does get three action turns, but one of them has to be move. His his free move in both phases. It's way it's weird taking him out. Cause taking him out is just. I mean, I guess that's the way he's been designed, isn't it? His, yeah. His, you, you take his him out to get the BP. Clearly. Um, now, maybe 
what you need is a mechanic that's different heroes come back on different health and they get taken out. Maybe I mean the variant we tried, of course, meant that some of the hero powers weren't as effective. Like yeah. Rodri's wasn't as effective, and also like Blackshaw, because Black, Blackshaw would have re- late game. You knocked Rod, uh, Blackshaw out with who knocked him out? Was it? I verified Mangosh. him in the strategy phase. I verified him in the strategy phase with nothing else because like one, one two wounds left. And if he came back on 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 lower health with three actions, yeah. he could have actually swept up. Absolutely, he could have. Done. He could, he probably could, could have gone for Rangosh, maybe. Well, you certainly could have killed all my followers. Um, and I could have swung it a little bit, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but I can see I can see some different returning wounds for different heroes being a thing that could work as a balancing thing. Because the idea of balancing, of course, is there's not a lot of variation between the characters. And the small bits of variation they do have is very large, um, affecting. I mean, seeing as the game, is, the game in general is kind of new... I mean, what do you think about the sort of the core game in terms of how the game works as a game? You don't know what balancing and everything is how the core game works. Um, it's a game of movement and board control. Um, do you think Tim can actually it's sound? And you think it's um, in terms of the way the, the steps on the ladder work? Yeah, I think so. I think I like I like the strategy phase and tactic phase quite a lot. Um, how VP works and everything else. That's good. The whole ladder thing, the tug of war thing. I, I really think is the steps good. up and down the ladder. Yeah. Though, I think some of the swings are very weird so far. So, it's very easy to think you're winning a turn and then to lose it before you've realised it. Um, and also, having your ladder having a limited number of steps is also very strange. Um, I think I like it. Well, the ones you're quite high up that, high up that ladder, it's pretty much impossible to go down again. Well, yeah, you say that, but I'm pretty sure I got to a couple of stages of like six to eight VP up, or steps up, and then I've lost that turn. <laughs> I guess if you do a, do a knockout and then crush a flag, pad a flag, you know, you kill someone and then the VP screen can be very large. You can spend your entire turn chipping away at somebody's followers, get six VP, and then lose all those in the next activation. I guess that's part of. Learning the game, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a thing. Um, but certainly we were talking all day um, about how I thought followers weren't great or weren't worth it. And then thinking, actually, they go for debuffing units, taking off buffs. Also, even a, even a wound here or there on, on, a, on a hero, if they actually get through, can really swing the map towards yes, you being killed or not. because when you've got heroes between four and seven wounds, taking one of those off is, is actually a significant chunk of their wounds. Um, I think... I think the issue comes down to there's one follower currently that does damage well that's the elves and you think oh why aren't the rest of the followers doing damage they're not supposed to um, frankly your, your followers shouldn't be taking out champions in a turn that's not what they're there for um, and if you start thinking they, why can't they do that you're going to be disappointed do you think dodge dice are too, are too, too swingy even with the drop of numbers of them I think dodging is more powerful than armour. But if that's too swinging or not, I don't know. Um, you certainly feel... I think you certainly feel a dodge debuff more than an armour debuff. Yes. Think. Especially on a unit of followers. Um, having one, Losing a point of armour on your followers is like, meh. Um, well, yeah, if they get one's going to die anyway. They occasionally bounce hits here or there. They're, they're, they're only where times insignificant is for the dwarfs. Who can yeah. actually soak fairly good attacks, yes. can't they? Um, 
also significant if you're going to have one follower hitting one follower. Well, it's like a yellow dice versus one point of armor. Um, then, then losing a point of armor is actually very important. Um, so you could sunder a unit of orcs who are all spread out and then trying to attack them each singly. But actually, the first attack loses the debuff anyway. So yeah, it's been fun though. It's been a it was a fun game. It was pretty close. I think it's, it's kind of weird. I was, I was kind of hesitant to, to try and win the first turn. I thought in some ways it could mean. The choice, the choice of bringing the first second player can be really significant. Yes. Going so second, I, I deliberately chose to go second in the last turn because I wanted you to do your stretch phase first. Yeah. It depends who's in your team as well. For example, the dwarves are faster in the tactics phase than the strategy phase. Yes. But the elves are much faster in the strategy phase than the tactics phase. Um, you may or may not be aware of. It's 4-2 compared to Rodri's 1-3. I really like the... Um, the change in movement on those both. Um, um, so that's very important because actually knowing what goes first there is, is, is very powerful. Also, I was going first in the second uh, strategy phase and thinking, oh, I could kick the column out with some uh, fairy fire action. But it would have been utterly pointless because what's it get me? Get me one VP and well, on the golem's turn, he'll just turn up again. It's like, um, it's like Guild Ball. Activation order is such a huge deal, isn't it? Yeah. And... Um, like later on, I used the whirlpool activation just to just to burn it up, burn activation, and eventually had, the game ended with having two flags each, and then and neither one be having the speed to get to them. Yeah, and because you were slightly <laughs> up on VP on, on steps on the ladder. Um, I did a cheeky um, takeout of um, Blackjaw. It's one of Rangosh's um, annoying powers. Is well, obviously when he's taken out and moves back three squares, the opponent. He can get back in range again, but if he takes somebody out by um, punching them and then whiplashing them, they end up four squares away from him, which is for a lot of people out of range <laughs> to retaliate. So I did that first turn, um, first activation with Blackjaw, and then he was out for that turn, and that was the end of the game. Cool. Well, anything else to say today, Philip? I think I think that's that a short and sweet episode. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, if anyone is, and um... <laughs> I won't be. No, 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 we never do. Okay, well, thank you, and bye. Say bye, now. Good night. Mm-hmm.